It was a great way to just explain why I had this condition, but also to talk about how I have coped having the condition. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Hello, Dylan. Welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Good. I have already said to you that I'm really looking forward to this chat because I feel like I'm going to learn loads. But I'm genuinely so excited for this because there's so much to talk about between your photography, between like your activism, between like, oh, there's just, there's loads to like cover as a topic. So I'm really excited to get stuck in. Yeah, I can't wait to share it with you. (laughs) So the first question that I ask every single guest is how do you refer to your disability? So the way that I would say it is, I wouldn't see it as a disability. Uh huh. I would just, I would just see it as something that, that it's, it's part of who I am. Yeah. Um. So I would, I wouldn't see it as a negative thing. I would see it yeah. as something that's really helped me to share like a positive story to people. Yeah. And. And what is your disability, if you don't mind me asking? And the reason I'm asking this before someone jumps down my throat being like, oh, you shouldn't ask someone to share their medical history is because this is incredibly unique, like like hyper, hyper unique. And I I don't want to talk about it because I know absolutely sweet F.A., but you do. And I'm going to let you wax lyrical all about it because I think this is incredible. Uh, so I have a condition called NDP syndrome, mm-hmm. which stands for mandibular dysplasia with deafness and four-jawed features. Wow. It's quite hard to say. It's quite a long <laughs> word. Yeah. Um, and it can affect many things. So one of the things that it affects is my hearing. Uh-huh. And so I have two hearing aids. Yeah. And it also affects the loss of body fat. Uh-huh. So on the arms, the legs, and also on the cheeks. Uh-huh. Um, and also another thing is since I have no body fat, it's hard to do physical activities. Yeah. So things like rugby and mm-hmm. or also lifting really heavy stuff. Uh-huh. Um so those are the challenges, but I think there's also like positives to it. Yeah. And um, is that uh, you know how people have wireless the the ear? Um, yeah. You, yeah. So the human needs connect can connect to the phone wirelessly. So it's it's really cool. <laughs> um, so that that's what I love about the human needs that they connect yeah. to music. Um, and you also connect to like the TV as well. So oh, it's, oh it's really cool. Yeah. That would be, that would save so many arguments in my house if we could like have one person listening to one thing and another person listening to something else. It would save so many yeah. issues. <laughs> and, and so with your disability, 
am I right in saying that you were born disabled? This is not something that you acquire. You are born disabled. Uh, well, I wasn't born with the condition. Uh huh. And um, it's quite because it happened like really unexpected, like uh-huh. at a time where it just happened and no one knew what was wrong. Yeah. Um, so like I was born just like a normal normal yeah. baby. Um uh-huh. had really big fluffy cheeks and <laughs> um yeah, so I was born a normal baby um, and I was just really happy living with my mum. Yeah. Um and then about when I was three years old, I started to get very ill. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't eat very much and I started to lose a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And then my mum's, my, well, some of my mum's friends started like saying, hey, your, your, wee, your wee son's not eating. Um, yeah. And then that's when my mum started to get worried, like, why, why are people talking about my son? Yeah. Um, and then my mum, then I had to go to the hospital quite a lot. Yeah. They had to do x-rays and tests. And the doctors had didn't really know what was wrong. Yeah. Um, so it took a long time because the, the doctors did eventually find out what was wrong yeah. 10 years later. Um, so it took the doctors and scientists 10 years to work out what was wrong. 10 years. Yeah. That's not like a week. It's not like a month. That's like 10 whole years. Like I'm, I, I don't have the words because I can't imagine what it must have been like for your mum. To, to yeah. also not know through those 10 years how can she best support you how can she best help you but also like for you as well not knowing what this condition is what's going on like what's gonna it, you know help you out what's gonna hinder you I can't imagine to even pretend what it would to know what it would be like for those 10 years to not know what was going on like within you that must have been really complex well, the, the doctors did give, uh, they did say that it could be a few things, like mm-hmm. some of the things, they said it could be cancer, um, or it could be um, progeria. And mm-hmm. um, also the things with my condition is that it's similar features to progeria. Yeah. But it's, like, it's not the same condition, but it's like similar facial features. Uh-huh. And um, so the doctors did thought it was cancer or progeria, um, but it wasn't any of those. Um, yeah, and just uh, I was still, I lived with my mum through that whole 10 years. Yeah. And um, not knowing. Um, and my mum just constantly was like, what's wrong? Can we please find out? Yeah, I bet. Wow, like your mum must be super strong. Yeah, uh, I always, I always think there's a dis- like mothers of disabled children have a really special place in my heart because I think like 
I think about my own mum and I think, you know, when I was born, like nobody knew that I was going to like come out disabled. And like, I just have such a respect and like such an admiration for them because they've got to be the strongest people on the planet because there are some times when life does knock you back and there's nothing that you can do about it because it is down to your disability. And like, I just, I love all mums of disabled kids because they have like a real strength and rawness in them that I'm not saying that other mums don't, but there's something very special about mums of disabled children. And like your mum is obviously cut from the same cloth. So that's like yeah. incredible that she was there for you, to support you as well during that time because it must have been wild. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still really glad. And she still does it yeah. like today. She's still always supporting me and helping me in everything that I do. Yeah. Um. So I think like just the mums has played a massive role in my life. Yeah. Um just like they're always there for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think there's something about being Scottish as well, and I can say this. That you are inherently very close to your family. Sometimes, whether you want to be or not, you are inherently close to them. And like, I completely understand that, like, closeness and proximity because I know what I'm like with my mum. So I can only imagine what you'd be like with your mum. Like, you're just super close to them. Yeah. And for you, if you don't mind me asking, what was it like for you growing up as a child, especially? like surrounding school, not necessarily having a diagnosis, what was that whole experience like for you? I think going to school, not being diagnosed and also not just me not knowing what it is, yeah. but other people. Yeah. Like just, like I know like some people may if you don't know what something is, you'll you'll look at it so people stare. Yeah. Um and some people might laugh. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that was that was the hardest part, I think. Yeah. Just like also questioning why are people staring and why are some people laughing? Yeah. Um and I found it hard to understand like why why are they doing that? Um and I think the the start of primary school was especially difficult. I think just going in like to a new school, not knowing anyone and not knowing how to talk to people like about what's wrong. Yeah. Um I think just especially because it was just so new. Yeah. Um and I think as well what I tried to do is well what I did do in primary school is I always used to cover my face uh-huh. I always used to wear um my hood up yeah. with a hat on and that was just a way that so people couldn't see yeah so I was kind of hiding myself from people not wanting people to see me yeah um and I used to just Every like break and lunch, I would just sit in the corner and yeah. have lunch and not been able to talk to anyone. Wow, there's there's so much to like unpack in that, and I'm not going to do too much of it because I think that there are so much more fun things that we can talk about. Because some of the things that you're doing are is like insane. Like I've looked at all of your photography 
And I think it's incredible, but that's something that I quite like to talk about is for you, I've, I've seen a quote or like, you know, some videos of you saying that you, you found photography and it was almost like an escape for you. And I was wondering if you could just go on to explain a bit more about how you found photography and like your passion for it, because I've seen some of your photographs. Actually, that's a massive lie. I've seen all of them. I've been on your website. I've I spent a good like few hours looking at them. And I think your photographs are genuinely incredible. And what you said on your website is that sometimes you can take pictures of people who are by themselves and it represents loneliness. And I just look at your photographs and they are so powerful. And I would just love it if you could talk to me a bit more about like your love for photography, how you got into it and where you take your best photos and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I got, firstly, I found photography probably at the start of high school. Uh Um, So when I first started high school, I, because I just had a phone I didn't actually yeah. have a camera. <laughs> um, so basically I was just going to high school every day and I would always take photos on my phone. And mm-hmm. um, you'd always get the sunset and the sunrise. Um, and also just the the build my school was quite like architectural, so you had mm-hmm. it was quite lots of shapes. And so I would always go to school really early before before it even started yeah um, and I would I would take photos around the school and um, and then I think about three years into high school an English teacher was doing a school magazine yeah and he I showed him the photographs because he was my English teacher yeah and I showed the photographs to him and he was just amazed by them. (laughs) And what he said to me is, do you want to feature some of your photographs in this magazine? Yeah. Um, And I was like, yes, yes, I want to. (laughs) Um, And I think that was a great way for other people to see them as well because only my my English teacher saw them. So it was a great way to, to get my work out there. Yeah. Um and so I I featured in the magazine and so many people after it came to me and said, Oh, I really like your photographs. I saw it in the magazine. Um and that was just I then thought to myself, Oh, loads of people are loving this. Should yeah. I do this more? Yeah. Um and then I just I continued and continued to take photos. Um, and the because they had a magazine every year, and uh-huh. I got featured in it again. Yeah. Um, and it was just again, it was a really positive thing that was happening. Um, and then as I moved up in high school, and um, I really wanted to do something else. Yeah. And um, I think. Because in primary school, I didn't really understand my condition. Yeah. But as I moved up to high school, I started to understand it more. And what I did eventually do when I was 
um, in high school is that I did an assembly. Oh, wow. So so where I talked to, I think it was over 400 students. Wow, that's like not a small number. <laughs> that's huge. Yeah. And so it was like the all the younger ones. Yeah. And I think I, I was really nervous at the start mm. because... I'd never done a presentation before. Yeah. Um, and I think just stepping on that stage in front of all the students and the teachers as well. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it was a great way to just explain why I had this condition, but also yeah. to talk about how I have coped mm-hmm. having the condition. Yeah. Um, that's when photography came in. Yeah. Um, and also, I did, I shared my photographs at the assembly. And just after the assembly, loads and more people came to ask me questions. And some people wanted to be my friend. Yeah. And so it did, it was really, it was just a changing moment, just yeah. being able to do something like that. And it had a huge positive impact. I can imagine, especially it being such a turning point and realizing that actually, because I think everybody likes to dabble in photography, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you're good at it. Like, yeah, yeah. Some people are very naturally talented, and some people should just stick to being a holiday photographer. Like, you know, yeah. no, absolutely, like no shade, yeah. but it's maybe not. I, I, know, I know some people just. They just go snap, 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 like just randomly. Yeah. But not, not actually realizing, oh, I'm very good at this. Yeah, exactly. And I think to have a, a talent, particularly in the arts, is always difficult to pursue. It's never necessarily the yeah. easiest thing because it's not, you can't quantify whether it's good or bad. It's very much on perception. And so yeah. I think the fact that you've been doing photography now for like what, eight, nine years, something like yeah. that, like, and, and you know you've you've shown in exhibits as well, especially at such a young age is you know very fortuitous. Yeah, I think just being able to, I'm really glad that I found photography at a young age. Yeah, because I feel if I hadn't found photography, what would I be doing now? Yeah, yeah that's just that's the question that I always ask myself is. What if I hadn't have found this? I I think it would have still been very difficult. Uh-huh. I think not having something that I'm really passionate about, something that I'm really happy about. Yeah. Um, but I just ha- think having found that, because I'm all, always wanting to take new photos. Yeah. Um, I'm always wanting to explore um, and I think photography as well, it also really helped me during lockdown. Yeah. I think that was that was a big changing point is being just locked inside. Yeah. Um, but having that photography wanted me to go out and explore yeah. and experience new places. Yeah. And especially like during lockdown such a weird time for everybody involved but being able to like go out and actually actively wanting to explore 
would have just been so beneficial for for you and like you know for anybody who also wants to do that but particularly for you considering photography really is your like you know your love being able to go out and explore and take photos and then being able to do the whole like lockdown thing when you come back inside and do your editing you know like it's quite quite like a nice thing to be able to have yeah it was it was a really just something that I like photography's also helped me to well tell a story yeah and so just tell people how I see the world yeah and and also just because my my grandpa also used to take photos oh no way when he when he lived in New York and when he went to New York he also took black and white photographs on a really old he had a film camera wow (laughs) so he used to take photos in New York and he gave me my mum gave me his camera for my 18th birthday oh Um, so I kept that and that was a, a really good present yeah what a great present to get oh I love that that's that's so lovely <laughs> so with your photography do you think that photograph like f- photography and, and being able to take these photographs do you think that helped you get into dif- disability activism or was it like a different way that you went into disability activism I feel that photography like I said, it's helped me to tell a story. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes I do want to talk about why I'm passionate about photography, how it helped me to cope with the condition. Yeah. Because in my photography, sometimes I talk about different things and then sometimes I talk about my condition through yeah. the photography. And so I feel that Photography has well, it's just been a changing moment. Um, uh-huh. And I feel that my condition has, I think, like photography being the positive part of it. Yeah. And um, I got what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no, like, no worries. Not like, don't worry about it. We're talking about disability activism and, and how you got into disability activism. Um, so I think basically is that I've seen a few other people with disabilities do like that podcasts like you, yeah. like what you're doing. Um, so I've seen a few people do that and that's really helped me to also tell people about my disability. Because I feel if I don't speak about my disability, it's not going to raise awareness and not many people are going to understand what it is. Yeah. And I feel just telling people about it. Mm -hmm. um, And I think being able to share about my disability through podcasts and newspapers and magazines. Yeah. And I feel that it's a really changing moment, but I feel that there is some, because I know social media can be a negative place. Yeah. 
Um, but it can also be a really, really positive place mm-hmm. just to to express who you are and also express um, what you like doing. So I think social media was a really great way to share my photography on social media. Yeah. And again, just to create the website as well. Yeah. Um, so I feel that I've got, I've been really inspired by other people to talk about my disability yeah. and to also talk about it in a positive way, not a negative way. I think that's very, very true is that social media does have its humongous benefits when it comes to talking about disability because, you know, nine times out of 10, a disabled child is generally the only disabled child in the room. So being able to find a community of people who who might not necessarily look the same or have the same conditions as you or the same disability as you, but understand the disabled experience is invaluable because it gives you that sense of community that you might not have necessarily had. And I know that I can definitely say that being a part of the disabled community is one of my favourite things because the people that I've been able to connect with and talk to and hear about everybody's stories and lives has been, you know, absolutely like enriching for my life. So I think you're very, very right with what you say about social media and being able to explain and talk about disability in a positive light because, you know, we are underrepresented and we are misrepresented all the time. That's like factual. That's not, you know, me being airy-fairy. But I love that that's what you're using your social media for is, you know, expressing who you are, talking a bit about disability, but also showing your photography because, like I said, I've seen some of your pieces and I absolutely love them and I think they're brilliant and I just I want everyone else to go and see them because I think they're they're so good (laughs) so I like to ask everyone do they have a piece of advice for their younger self so a younger Dylan but also a piece of advice for a younger person with the same disability as them So I feel what I would say to a younger Dylan is probably, that's quite a hard question. (laughs) Good, isn't it? you got to like think about your Uh, answer a bit. um, What I would say to a younger Dylan, I think, I think because as as I I got older, I think because I'm always changing, like my yeah. mindset is always changing. Um, and I think differently now to when I was younger. So yeah. I feel what I would say to me when I was younger is just keep going and and just pursue what I love to do. Yeah. I think just being able to have that perseverance mm-hmm. and being able to to be happy and to also spend time with the people who make me happy. Yeah. Um, like my mom, especially yeah. my mom. And but also just being able to put a smile on someone else's face also made me happy. Yeah. And um, so I feel when I would just want to spread that positive message. 
Yeah. Um, as I still do today. Um, I think just being able to keep up the, the positivity and keep spreading that that positive message because yeah. I feel that at the moment um, I still see the world as an erupting volcano um, because I feel like there's so much going on in the world right now yeah. that it's kind of exploding. Yeah. Um, and I feel just that the world needs that more kindness and positivity like yeah. right now. Yeah. Um I feel it needs it needs more of it, I think. I completely agree with you and I actually love that analogy that the world is like an exploding volcano. <laughs> Cuz I also think I'm like when does the madness stop? Like when like it only seems to be getting crazier and like more wild as time goes on. <laughs> and I think you're very very right in saying that the world does need a lot more kindness and a lot more positivity and if you're able to share that message then then you should, you know, like you know if you're able to do it then why not? I like to ask everyone about themselves in terms of a positive attribute they think they might have because I think as disabled people it's not always the easiest to pull out a positive attribute about ourselves because quite often we're told that you know disabled people are second in line or you know we're other or we're next to but actually all disabled people have brilliant traits but also all disabled people have awful traits as well but I was wondering is there a particular trait or an attribute that you have that actually you look back and you think wow I'm so proud of myself for having that positive attribute I think the one of the attributes is just having that that hunger for kindness I think oh I love that um so I think always wanting, like I said, is to put try and put a smile on someone else's face. Like if someone's having a bad day um, and they feel like they're feeling down or they're feeling lonely, mm-hmm. is to just ask that person how they're feeling um, mm-hmm. and try and try to help them come up with like a strategy to help them change how they're feeling yeah so I feel like because when I was feeling down I would look to something that I'm really happy something that I love doing like photography and that helped me to change how I was feeling yeah but also it could just be really simple by talking to a friend or talking to a family member yeah and and that can really help change the mindset of someone who is feeling down or lonely and I feel that kindness is something that is just a, a big part of me I love that so much like a hunger for kindness like what a beautiful thing to have because it's sorely lacking in this world and like what what a beautiful attribute to have a hunger for kindness I think oh I love like I love that I think that's yeah I think that's so lovely (laughs) I'm giggling because 
I ask everybody this question and the answers that I get are varied all the time. And I know that yours are going to be just as varied, but as disabled people, we get weird and wonderful questions from the public regularly, more often than not. And I was wondering, is there a particular set of questions or one particular question that is that you get asked and every time you're like, oh my God, not again. Or <laughs> like, or you think to yourself, like, what a weird interaction this is. Um, I think I've been asked so many questions. Um, I think some of the questions I've been asked have been so random. <laughs> um, like some of them had like some people I think and what was it school and like so I think it was when I was in high school someone asked me um, do you know the answer to this math question um, <laughs> and yeah but it's, but it's just stuff like that and also just um, to know how to pronounce this word Wow. Um, so like yeah stuff like that and um, like because when I was like in English there's some really tricky words yeah and um, because you have to read like a full two paragraphs yeah and um, but some of the English words in some books like it can it's so hard to spell it but it's also really hard to say it yeah and and I just used to get that question is um how do you spell this word um so so just be like I can remember one of the words was um electricity uh-huh but it's it's like I can say it but like I used to think how, how do you spell electricity <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just like I know how to say it but it's just the spelling like I used to think that it has it had a K in it. Understandable. <laughs> like it's not the easiest word to spell. And also English as a language in general, nine times out of ten does not make sense. Like I and I completely understand that. Like I'm with you. <laughs> um yeah, so that's just that's just the random questions I've been asked is how do you spell the swords? That's so um, yeah, so that's that was like almost every time I went in the English classroom, I would always be asked that, and I would I I'm not it's not just the students that would ask that. Some some of my teachers would ask Dylan, how do you spell this word? Because there was been there's been some times where we were doing an English essay or and we were like practicing for it, and the teacher would be like. Right, Dylan, it's your turn. Right, I'm going to give you a word, and I'm going to tr- I'm going to write it up on the board. So you need to tell me how to spell it. <laughs> and over, and then the whole class would be watching you and one if you got it wrong. I like, would genuinely like I would die. <laughs> I would genuinely die. I'm like not a great speller as it is, so I'd be like, I'm running away. <laughs> I know some people in the class um, got it absolutely right, and then yeah. there'd be some people who would put random letters in. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
it was some of the words were really tricky and then other words were quite easy but still some people didn't get them yeah um, and so for you I know that you took part in the campaign that was dealing with facial distortions and not making fun of them and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that because I think that's such an important campaign and it highlights a lot of things that people don't necessarily take on board so how did you get involved in that um so basically the the charity changing faces faces yeah and they support people who have a disability or mm-hmm. a facial difference mm-hmm. and they do lots of campaigning to try and support people and also to raise that awareness yeah um, so basically what I try and do is I try and promote what they're doing and, and help them out yeah. because I really love what that charity does for people yeah. um, and also I really love raising awareness for charities and also helping raise money Yeah, I think that's another thing is that I always love raising money for charities and mm-hmm. I have since since I was in primary school, I've always loved, because again, it's just, it's helping people, yeah. helping people who, who need it the most. Yeah. Um, and it's also, it's really having a positive impact and it's putting a smile on someone else's face yeah. and it's making, it's also making me happy because it's, it's showing that kindness again. Yeah. And that's everything that you stand for. So I think that's like, just feel like this conversation is like a big hug in a blanket. That's how I feel on the inside. <laughs> I only have one final question for you, Dylan. And I'm pretty sure I know the answer to it, but that is, Dylan, are you disabled and proud? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving up your time today to be on this podcast. I've really loved listening about your passion for photography and, and as you said, your hunger for kindness, because I think actually the world does need a lot more of that. And, and how beautiful is that for that to be like your positive attribute about yourself? And yeah, like, thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed this chat. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.